when I went to counsellors, they would ask me about childhood and, you know, um, like my parents and I'd be always like, that's not the problem, you know? And do, like, if I went to a counsellor when I was uh, 17, they would ask me about my my childhood and I'd be like, that makes no difference. But now as a 26 year old who has gone through like quite an intensive treatment this year, I've realised that it all comes from like that inner child. Um, and you have to heal that child that had um, things happen to them. as. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. You are listening to Don't Be Afraid to Talk podcast with James. If you are listening for the first time, you are welcome. Talking and listening is key for growth. And I hope our stories will bring us together and we can draw inspiration from each other. Conversation will include topics such as mental and physical health, trauma and its effect, suicidal thoughts, recovery and well-being. We will continue to raise awareness and offer a different perspective, a mindset or an idea that could inspire you to take charge of your well-being and to grow as a human being. Thank you for joining us today. Today I will be speaking to Danny, who's going to share with us her experience, her journey through anxiety and how she's been able to overcome it. If you are listening today, have an open mind and we hope you can learn something from this episode. Hello Danny, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I am great now. <laughs> I'm calming down slowly. Yeah. <laughs> deep breaths, deep breaths. Yeah, deep breaths. Do you mind just telling us a little bit about yourself? Um, so I am a 26-year-old teacher um, in Vietnam. I've been living here for the last three years now. And I come from Cork in Ireland. The second capital. <laughs> the second, the real capital, you mean. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that. Anyway, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Before we get going, uh, we're just going to play a short game. I'll give you a word and you say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. It's random words mm-hmm. and it's five words. So, you ready for the first one? I'm ready. Friendship. Connection. Honesty. Um, relief. Karma. Cycles. Traveling. Learning. Darkness. Uh, light. Simple. Simples. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That was interesting. I was worried I'd get stuck on the spot there. <laughs> Can you just tell us a little bit about life growing up in Cork? Um, well, I actually, I moved around a little bit growing up. I was, I went to primary school in Wicklow Town. Um, then I moved to the West, to Roscommon for a year. And then I settled down in uh, y'all East Cork uh, when I was like 13 years old so I uh, kind of moved around and then started secondary school down in y'all. And how was school? Did you enjoy school? No I didn't enjoy school well no I didn't I, I feel <laughs> like I was always that child that just got in trouble for everything and now as a teacher I see those children that just 
don't they're not the naughty ones but they always get caught so i was that child <laughs> yeah was getting in trouble your way getting out of things um a little bit i don't know like i don't know what it was i just it was very frustrating growing up to be always the one that was in trouble and yeah i, do, I don't know um what it, yeah maybe it was to get out of things definitely in secondary school to get out of class I would almost like cause a disruption just to leave the classroom so yeah but attention seeking oh attention seeking interesting and was it frustrating for you or your parents it was very frustrating and like yeah and I, I was an only child growing up I have a sister now I'm who's uh, eight years old but um, like growing up, I was an only child, so all the trouble. Uh, obviously, it was very um noticed. Uh, when when I was in trouble, like all lights were on me, and yeah, I used to get in a lot of trouble at home from from school and outside of school and things like that. So yeah, I was always just trying to push the boundaries, I suppose. Mm. And when did the uh, when did you come across uh, the word anxiety when you were a teenager? Um, the word anxiety, you know, I actually, I really didn't like that word, um, up until my fourth year of college. I like, I actually hated that word. I used to find it so like used, um, overused, um, growing up. And then it wasn't until I was in my final year of college and I was seeing like my, I'd say fifth counselor at that point, um, in use like in in UCC where I went to university um I went to see a, a counselor and I said to her I think I may be suffering from anxiety um but before that I always there were so many other things that I like labeled my mental health problems as and that like started I'd say from a young age with like kind of a, a self-hatred like not liking myself like outside or inside and then it kind of went, manifested itself into maybe a bit of like depression kind of in my later teens and then yeah all of it all of like the actions and how I felt um kind of led me to the point where I was I I, I was seeing I seen myself I I called it anxiety and like the counselor had agreed with me at the point at that point as well but yeah it was it was a lot of like uh, mental health problems that kind of led mm. me to the to the feelings of anxiety I suppose and did you know where the feeling was coming from I'm not at all not at all where all those emotions were coming from yeah, I like I had a very hard time growing up um up until like now sometimes even um to to kind of articulate my emotions and like get my emotions across. Um when I was going for treatment this year, um my doctor asked me like what was I like as a child and she asked was I um someone that like through tantrums or anything like that and like I threw a lot of tantrums <laughs> as a kid even as a teenager um like up to to a very like an older age I just couldn't express my emotions in a a normal way I suppose yeah is that because you were told like you couldn't express your emotions or you just do you know how to express them 
Yeah, I, I think it was a, a range of things. Yeah, I really didn't know how to express them. And I also didn't really know what was wrong with me. You know, like when I said the self-hatred thing, you know, like I didn't really like myself for a really long time. So it was difficult for me to believe that anyone else like friends or guys or anything could like me because how could anyone you know the way they say love yourself and other people are love you or whatever yeah yeah it <laughs> yeah. was kind of like for me I had to build it that like yourself first before you start loving yourself you know mm. so I had to really like build on that and I've I've been only building on that for the last few years to be honest so yeah when you talk about not liking yourself is that something I'm just trying to understand like, how did that come about? Did you just, obviously, you didn't wake up one day and just decided, I don't like myself. Like, something must have been happening. No, I, I didn't. I don't, like, to be honest with you, there's just, I suppose, a lot of things, you know, I, like, you know, like, um, adults in my life, you know, people that I looked up to could, were a little bit overly critical at okay. times, maybe without realizing it. And then also, like, um I think moving around a little bit like affect in a way I always say that it it um was it's a positive it's made me more well-rounded but at the same time whilst I was going through it like I had a lot of issues in like all the towns that I lived in with like bullies and you know having it like having problems with fitting in properly okay. like like I would be part of the popular crew but I would never I would always feel like an outsider to the group and yeah when that happens again and again as a child you just uh, and as a teenager you just start to believe it and yeah not like yourself basically yeah yeah I think mm. moving around probably played a part in that you you never really could settle to one place so mm. you had to make new friends and yeah and it was trying funny. to fit in again <laughs> mm-hmm. definitely and and like now as an adult, there was things like that as a as a kid that you were just when I went to counsellors, they would ask me about childhood and, you know, um like my parents and I'd be always like, that's not the problem, you know, and do, like if I went to a counsellor when I was uh, 17, they would ask me about my my childhood and I'd be like that makes no difference but now as a 26 year old who has gone through like quite an intensive treatment this year I've realized that it all comes from like that inner child um and you have to heal that child that had um things happen to them as they the were. challenges yeah, yeah the challenges yeah. that had happened growing growing up you had to face them even if it's like 20 years later <laughs> yeah and uh what age were you when you started going to therapy? My first uh, therapist or counsellor was when I was around 12 years old. It was actually just after I had moved for the first time when I had moved to Roscommon. Um, I had like, there was just so many different things I was doing to cope with uh, the move. It, I didn't take it very well, to be honest. And yeah, I just started um making myself sick as a way of coping and I don't know where I had gotten that from or it was just a release I I think at the time for me and were your anxiety was a certain thing that was triggering it um see like the anxiety I feel like was 
I could, when I labeled it anxiety as a, as a adult, that's when I could look mm. back. But like, I don't, I don't know if it was anxiety at that age, you know, like, I just think there was just a lot of things that I was frustrated with, um, that like manifested into anxiety later on, you know, um, like becoming depressed and yeah, yeah, like those things kind of started with the anxiety that led to anxiety, you know. Mm. And when they were eventually all these small things became anxiety, do you speak to your parents about it and how did they? Um, yeah, so I, I actually this year, um, see, that's the thing, like when you are this so year, <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, this year, because see, as a, as a kid, I always had behavioral problems and like i went to counseling for different different um issues like um like i said low self-esteem and depression and things so it all got kind of a bit old and when i was younger going for treatment for those things i was never able to like articulate what was wrong with me like i was never able to like go as a adult to my to my family and say this is what's wrong with me this is how I want to get better you know and this year it kind of just came to a standstill like uh with the with the self the self-hatred say um it all started with like the outside of me I didn't like what I looked like on the outside and then I didn't like what I was on the inside you know, um, I would argue a lot at home and stuff like that. And then, then it kind of manifested itself into like, yeah, an anxiety about like myself, like how I come across and things. And then this year I like spoke with my family in a, I want to get better. I want to, um, just become a better person. And I don't want like to feel because the thing with the when I label it as anxiety is I had like very intense physical symptoms you know I had like I was just very sick to be honest like I was throwing up for months I like had digestive issues and things like that and and it was always triggered by stress like if I was going like work was Mm. a big thing this year like I found it very difficult to go into work and I'd be filled with dread over nothing you know like I have a great job I love my job but (laughs) but something every day would fill me with dread before I would go to work you know and that's when the feelings of anxiety kind of manifested themselves and it was the same in college when I first went when I went to that counsellor in my final year and finally like we both labeled it as anxiety, you know? Um, so yeah, mm. but it was definitely like a social thing. And what was your worst days like? My worst days. Yeah. Well, I would say, so like I had so many growing up when I had like mental health problems, I would always like fall into tantrums and moodiness. And like I said, I couldn't express my emotions properly. Whereas this year was, it was really dark. Like it was really dark. It it was when I started to kind of say there is something wrong because 
say I moved to Vietnam and I kind of went on this little like journey of happiness in my mind like I became a very positive person you know I did all the healthy things I had a great job um, and then everything mm. and like my body had changed into something that I had always wanted you know everything was perfect in the eyes of everyone else I suppose and then it was just <laughs> yeah. one time it was like maybe back in November this year our last year I just started to feel like this yeah. emptiness you know and this like I don't want to do like I stopped going out with friends I didn't want to go to social events I didn't know what to say um I didn't know how to talk to people uh, I could only like meet up with a friend one-on-one kind of thing um work became like Mm. so stressful like I'm a teacher and I it wasn't even it's not even stressful I had a love like all my students are great but I just began to get so overwhelmed with stress and when when it all came to a peak I suppose that's when I started to speak to people and say and I spoke to my family about it and things but um about a week later after I had kind of came out and admitted how I was feeling I think it was a bit too late and I had uh, I suffered a panic attack um and that panic attack just led me into very dark days and when I like when I say dark days it's funny because I had like I've I've been like overwhelmed with negative emotions before but when I was going through this uh Mm. darkness I just was very disconnected from the world in a way like um I just couldn't I couldn't mm. I stopped driving I stopped going to work I stopped watching TV I I couldn't do anything I ba- I like logged onto my Instagram and I kind of tried to um you know like I expressed how I was feeling like maybe once a day on Instagram and it it did make me feel better when like friends messaged me and like people also said that they were going through similar things and like I made some really good friends through it because they were able to relate to me and I kind of lost that yeah and I kind of lost that ego of like worrying what people how I was presented to as two people I just kind of learned that like I am who I am and people can take it or yeah, they, yeah. they don't. So like even though those days were really dark and I was very far away from my family, I still felt very supported during that time and that was my sickest time. Yeah. Like I've had darker days, you know, when I was a bit heavier and I was in college and I had, re- I think like, the days where I hated myself were much darker than the days where I was really sick, do you know? Um, so, mm. yeah, there's a lot of rigmarole back and forth there, and sorry. <laughs> the panic attack, that happened um, That happened in Vietnam, yeah? Yeah, I, I had a panic, I actually had a panic attack when I was in college once, um, and it actually happened whilst I was working, I used to work on my campus, um, and then it happened like this was back in ireland yeah back in ireland yeah i had one um, yeah when i think it was my third or fourth year in college and then Mm. the panic attack that i had this time that's the only reason why i didn't like overreact when it happened but yeah it happened just i was just driving into work um and it happened in the car park and i was just 
one of my co-workers oh. found me but I was just sitting on the ground in the rain because we drive motorbikes here so I wasn't able to hide <laughs> in the car um so yeah it was it was quite traumatic to be honest and I think that's why I had to stop driving for about five weeks because like it happened whilst I was driving the bike so yeah yeah that probably came up as a result of a uh, a lot of emotion that you had a lot about yeah, yourself and how you view yourself. I started to admit it to myself first of all because I I didn't really to be honest like I didn't really know what was going on and when I did go to the doctor after the panic attack and um like I was diagnosed with the depression as well I I really at that point in my life was like I couldn't be depressed you know because obviously I had like, <laughs> yeah came across this everything is so good myself you know I'm positive (laughs) I do all the right things and then I was like actually yeah no I'm actually a really sad human you know so yeah and uh, (laughs) yeah I laugh uh, laugh, but it's not (laughs) yeah we we, we can kind of laugh now (laughs) but yeah no in hindsight I laugh because I'm so grateful that I'm not there anymore no yeah you're in a brighter place now just going back on the therapist you went to see when you're in Ireland, how was your experience with that? I've had, I, I don't even want to get started on mental health in Ireland or healthcare in general, but mental health is, is it's really difficult in Ireland to get a diagnosis or get the care that you need, especially as, I don't know how it's changed since I was a teenager, um, but I certainly have, I certainly, sorry, I lost track. Oh yeah, I just haven't, I didn't really have the best experience, basically. I found it was very expensive for my mom and I think that had like a negative, she thought she thought negatively of it because she had to pay so much and then also it was really, really hard mm. to get a diagnosis and I still, I still would like a proper diagnosis to know exactly what's wrong you know um well yeah I'd, maybe i'll never get a proper diagnosis maybe the diagnosis is unique <laughs> i'm just a bit unique <laughs> did you go from one therapist to another like did you see a couple um yeah i've seen a few so i seen one when i was like 12 in roscommon she was a nice woman she was really nice and then i went to see someone in y'all and then I also went to see like a psychiatrist and I also seen the two different counsellors whilst I was in UCC and another counsellor when I lived in London for a year before I came to um came to Hanoi and I also had to uh I also it was actually um my manager that um that sent me to the to the to the occupational uh, counselor because I was working for um, mm. the NHS and I was working for a hospital trust and my manager referred me to the counselor so I, like it's I had I wasn't just referring myself all these years it was also like you know um my boss and teachers and stuff like that growing up yeah and um how was your experience with medication for your anxiety yeah so the thing with the with with the counselling, I always had an issue with talking. Like, I was like, oh, I don't know what to say. I don't know what the problem is. 
So I think that's why it wasn't very good for me. And this year when when the anxiety was really bad, it was it just was like I just couldn't I couldn't function with it, you know. Mm. So I decided to uh, that's when I told my parents and I spoke with um spoke with my stepdad or if he ever hears it, it'll be funny but I spoke with him and I said to him oh I would like I'm gonna take medication I'm gonna go to a doctor just to see if it'll balance me out and he was like oh what are you doing that for <laughs> anyone I know who took uh took medication went off it again and I was like well I hope so because I hope they got better <laughs> um, yeah but no I I took the medication here and um I had quite a negative um experience with the medication it it, like I got um I got prescribed an antidepressant that actually made my anxiety symptoms way worse than Mm -hmm. than what what it was yeah than what it was and yeah really really bad like I couldn't even I found it hard to email work, you know, like I actually had a friend email my job. I just, I couldn't communicate with anyone really. Um, and then I, he, I went to the doctor again. I said, look, those, that medication's not working. And he tried to prescribe another medication and I just took half doses. And I said that I would, mm. I didn't, I could get through this without medication um, because I just needed something for my anxiety because he then uh, prescribed me something for anxiety just to balance me a little bit at that time. And then I just kind of said, like, I'm going to get better. I'm going to work through all these, like, issues I have from when I was four years old, you know, like. (laughs) I'm going to try and remember them all. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And I just, I I did um, acupuncture because people had recommended acupuncture to me and I I kind of had, I was like on the fence about something like that. Um, Sorry, the acupuncture, was this when you're in Vietnam already? Yeah, they stick the needles in your body and they work on different, um, different uh, systems in your body. Energy. That they like. Yeah. Energy are like system, systems in your body that might be blocked. Like for example, like my liver and spleen. And it would make a lot of de- um, sense because like, anxiety and mental health problems are always linked with digestive issues and that's something I've suffered with since I can remember like and she she did this treatment with me I did 12 12 rounds over the space of like a couple of weeks I could go as often as I wanted and during those sessions because I felt like I had talked it all out. You know, I'm an open book at this point to everyone. So, like, <laughs> I really just wanted to get into the core of it myself. So as I lay there for my half an hour, an hour, I would just lie down and I would, like, let the scenarios come to me, like memories. And I would try to attach um, an emotion with the memory that I had. And, like, it really started to work because I really started to see, like, yeah I had this emotion and then like my my first or second well the first um round of acupuncture I was very ill like I was very um diso- like I was dissociated and I didn't really know yeah. what was going on but um when you're doing acupuncture were you still taking a medication or did you decide to come off the medication and try acupuncture I weaned myself off it yeah so I like took 
uh, when he prescribed the second round of medication, I like did half doses. And then one day I just, I actually forgot to take it one day and then turned into the next day and the next day. And yeah, I just, I haven't t- took anything since I have, I'm not, I have took, um, an anti-anxiety pill a couple of times in the past few months. Um, if I feel panicky or something, because like it's a panicky feeling that I have when it comes to anxiety do you know yeah I get very panicked about silly things um but yeah what I what I did want to say though about the acupuncture yes. when I lay there for 30 minutes solid I like it was the second one and I said I just kept saying I forgive I forgive I forgive my mom I forgive my dad I forgive this person and like for I half an hour I didn't even know I needed to. for half an hour and I repeated it and repeated it and repeated it. I know it sounds crazy but like I really was believing it and I was like I forgive all these people I forgive myself for all this these years of like torment I've caused myself do you know and yes, yeah. yeah and it was just that was the beginning like the forgiving like even forgiving like some little little bitch in the playground as a kid you know like I know that I shouldn't but you know like just forgiving every everyone and then forgiving myself for things I've done yeah Mm. and then that really started I I started to look at it with like compassion and like you know see myself a bit differently I think and uh, after how many sessions did you start to notice the difference um I think it was after about four and like yeah. my my uh tcm doctor she said like she could see a noticeable difference in and did you like, feel different to yourself oh completely i really did and i really did feel so much better after a few sessions and this is when i was like weaning myself off the medication that the doctor had prescribed so i would say like i just i definitely felt so much better with the but then like there was so many other things but it just helped with the physical symptoms like I just started it gave me a reason to leave the house and then I would go there and Mm. it's a very relaxing experience and yeah I just I always felt a lot calmer when I came out of my my sessions and yeah I think it's because I did so many of them in a short space of time it it really helped me I can't uh recommend it enough really to be honest and are you still doing it always um i'm not doing it right now but i will definitely do it again like even if i'm not sick you know with anxiety i think i would just do it maybe you know every so often just to just to just to feel that sense of calm and like to talk to the tcm doctor because i just i felt as i spoke to her she was just quite knowledgeable and I, I I like she received what was going on with me with a lot of empathy and like I just I really liked um being treated by by my doctor and I suppose I was lucky with who I got but um yeah no I really think it helped me a lot and yeah. I started to read up then about Chinese medicine and it just there's a whole science behind it as well that yeah it's kind of overlooked in the west but for me it definitely was yeah it definitely was a really great treatment for for what was going on and do, do you think if you're you stayed on a medication do you think you'll be where you are now or you think you'll still be fighting with yourself oh, I, I don't want to like because some people have to take medication you know like mm. they 
everyone's different but with the medication for me I I think I was just in such a dissociated like a state when I started taking them like I really was in like a dream I just felt so disconnected so when I took this medication like I just Mm. for example this is just an example of what happened I just remember um I was with I was staying with my boyfriend um and we were we were going somewhere in a cab and I was talking to this girl next to me and she was talking and talking and talking to me and I was like as not a zombie but like I was saying the right things back but it wasn't registering in my brain you know like I feel like I was on autopilot and I was like maybe this is Mm. medication making me a bit like but yeah it just wasn't I just didn't feel myself on them either so like I said everyone's different so try what worked for you yeah and as well with with something like depression or self-hatred or anxiety or anything like that it's I think you have to get down to the core of what's wrong with you you know what is causing it in a way um and I think like if you take medication like I think you should always try to find the core of what what could be causing you yeah. to find out what's causing the exactly yeah causing the emotions and the behavior yeah it's like taking like a a pain pill for a headache like for a year and there's actually something wrong with your head you know but you're covering it with the pain medication you know more paracetamol please yeah it could be way worse than it is you know so yeah i just wanted yeah really i wanted to be cured basically i wanted to be healed because Mm. these mental health problems have been it they've been reoccurring throughout my life and like they get worse and better and worse and they've like like I said I got in a lot of trouble in school I've had issues in with employment employers you know like and I just really and mm. family as well and friends like the list goes on and I just wanted to really like get into the core of myself and be like well if these are like reoccurring patterns with people all around me then I must be the issue, you know? And I kind of looked at myself like with a bit of compassion rather than being like, you're awful, you know, like look at all the yeah, things that that's you've important, done. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I just kind of forgave myself and tried to be like, you're okay, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause, cause you're actually so hard on yourself. Like you, you forgive someone like a, a person but then if you did the same thing to yourself, you, you wouldn't forgive yourself, you know, like it's kind of, yeah, you're a lot more compassionate and empathetic to other people than you are to yourself. You're, yeah, you're worse judge. Why do you think people are like that? Why are we so hard on ourselves? Like, what were you so hard on yourself? Well, like what, when I was going through this, like I did a lot of like inner child work and, and it's like looking at things that may have happened growing up or how like things like you know there's like abandonment and like if people have been dismissive towards you or something as a child like I think it all leads back to like childhood in a way but like I don't blame anyone around me because no one has a you know it's I turned out the way I did because I knew Mm. no I'm not it's not about blaming anyone anything um, no. I just think, yeah. A lot of the time, people are hard on themselves because they're trying to um, 
they're trying to seek what you might call perfectionism, if you like. Was that a case for you? Like, have you seen that happening? I think so. For me, I had like very high standards for myself. And I think I always, I had a, had a, a view of grass is always greener on the other side all the time. And I think, I think I've just become content with who I've become and perfectionism is kind of, you know, like, especially when you're a young, like a younger girl, like when it comes to like Mm. your exterior, there's that perfectionism and there's always going to be millions of people better than you, you know, and yeah, it can just be hard on yourself. Um, Yeah. Like trying to achieve like higher grades um yeah so I just think when you have like this perfectionism in your brain you're always going to get disappointed with what happens whereas if you don't set the bar as high or don't set the bar at all just see what happens you tend to be a little bit (laughs) happier yeah and for your own experience do you think that thinking came from your peers I suppose like growing up I like I I said I was like, I felt like a bit of an outsider. So I always just seen like, you know, like, like friendship groups. I'm like, oh, why are they all so close? Like, what's special about them? You know, and then because of that, you try too hard. And like, instead of trying to, when you try too hard, that comes across. And especially when you're an adult, you really notice when people are trying too hard. (laughs) So I think, yeah, I think I tried too Mm. hard for a lot of my life with um peers and things yeah and I was backfired yeah do you think we with the work you do on yourself now do you ever feel like if you stop you'll go back um I think if I stopped yeah it, oh like all the work yeah because well since I was a kid I've always journaled but what I noticed about like my journaling growing up I always wrote negative 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 things in the journal whereas like I kind of like a few years about yeah it was in Hanoi because I started blogging about it um the journal that I kind of was using for about a year two years and I started just kind of instead of sitting there saying oh I hate this about myself blah 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 I would just like write goals in the journal and like random goals I would set myself or I would say like thank you for this you know write something about gratitude or you know I try to be more positive and write down the more positive things and Mm -hmm. then yeah I think if I stop doing that kind of work I'm but I, I do so much for my mental health now compared to what I used to you know um and yeah, mm. it's it's I mean, yeah, it's it's not there's no end goal really. It, you it? just you have, just have it's to a keep journey, uh, yeah. You always have to keep it up. Now there's yeah times where you're not gonna do as much because obviously, like when I was going through that dark time no. this year, like I was completely um immersed into my mental health like you know I was blogging about I was writing in my journal I was making like videos just for my own video diary because I have like that's what I started doing with the negative things I used to just like uh do a video diary and just talk like give out about what I wanted to give out about and then um leave it there on the drive but now that I'm in a bit of a happier place I don't spend all my time taking care of my mental health because, you know, I don't, 
I have other things to be doing as well. But but I, I can't <laughs> yeah. forget to, you know, I always have to put the work in somewhere. And with with the videos, would you record yourself saying negative things about yourself or just negative Not things about... Not about myself. Sometimes about myself. Like, I watched one of the videos and I had myself in tears laughing. Like, I even showed it to a friend at the time and I was just saying, oh, like, you know, another day, you know. And when I looked back, because I actually watched the videos when I got really sick this year because the videos were from, like a year and a half ago kind of thing. And I was shocked at how miserable I was. And I didn't even realize, you know, Mm. I'd be like, oh, what a day. I'd be like, oh, another one tomorrow. And like, I have a meeting, Jesus. You know, I'd I'd be completely complaining about, or, or when I was being positive, I'd be like, oh yeah, today, like, yeah, it was grand day. I went to work and then I went to the gym and now here I am, like, you know, and I was like, what was going on with myself? You know, like I was very, I just wasn't living in, yeah, I just felt like mm. my life was just very routinized and I, I just was giving out about silly things. Like I spent a three minute video on, um, I, I complained about my personal trainer because he double booked, double booked me and I spent three minutes giving out about this guy and I was like, why would you, do you know? So I suppose with the videos, it was good to just say them forget about them because I really didn't ever watch them again you know until about a year like when I was sick this year I was like oh I I, I did all those videos I but, see yeah yeah and um, most of us are programmed for negative thinking and for you were you always more focused on the negative side of life like everything around you was were you just looking for the bad even if it wasn't any I think I was quite pessimistic, yeah. And then, you know, like, even though I got quite sick this year, I feel like the last maybe year, two years, I've been really working on myself, you know, like, to get to that point. It was just the fact that I worked on everything and then I just felt empty, you know. I was like, oh, what am I doing this for? Why am I being super positive? And um, it was actually mm, a friend. Okay. Yeah, I was being like false positive, I think. Um for for So you you didn't get a you didn't get a joy that comes with when you actually believe in what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. So then when so you can be optimistic, but you don't always have to be positive, you know, like mm. that's the difference, I suppose. But that's why I was like saying like I don't think I was exactly pessimistic, but I maybe have been a bit negative, like, you know. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Different words. You mentioned you moved around a lot and lived in UK and now you're in Vietnam. Looking back on it now, like as an adult, do you think you're running away from yourself? You never actually sat down and looked at yourself? Um, you were just... That was a good question, yeah. I think, I think I really was running away, to be honest, when I first left Ireland. And I kind of was continuing to run away when I moved to Vietnam like I really wanted to travel but I also wanted to run away and I did know that and I was actually was very vocal about it and other people that live here too were vocal about it we were like oh we're all running away and then this year I was supposed to go home Um, I had just some uh, visa thing that I was gonna I was actually gonna leave my job and go home just to um so I thought I'd have to go home and I really started 
to like I realized that I'm ready to go back to Ireland now because I was looking forward to going there with a fresh eye fresh set of eyes with um going back to my hometown I wouldn't mm. like before I used to be worried I'd be like I have no friends in my hometown oh, nobody likes me I don't whereas now I'd actually love to go back and be like oh yeah I'll go to my hometown and if I was to live there for a while I'd love to go meet people that are like older than me younger than me do you know because I did come from a town with just one school and like everyone went to the one school everyone everyone, knew everyone. everyone. and yeah I like yeah. that because I was over I overanalyzed and overthinked about everything. I just think now when I went back, I would just go back like kind of with a fresh, even though I'm still the same me, but just I wouldn't care as much, you know, like. Um, yeah, you you have a different outlook now. I, exactly. I have a completely different outlook on life, on people as well. Realize people are all, there's not, they're not all bad or anything like, you know. So, yeah, I think at the beginning no. I was definitely running away. But now, now I'd definitely be ready to go back, I think. Yeah. And how is, um, how is the teaching life over there with your students? Did yeah, it lift you up on your bad days? Did it lift you up on your bad days? They do. They that's the thing they do, and that's when I was like, when I got sick, I was like, why am I coming in? Because I teach like my my students are like five years old, and they're the sweetest kids, and that's when I really was like, why am I so miserable? Like, why am I getting a panic attack about going into like? five-year-olds that are super sweet and like want to hug me and like you know I just that's when I knew there was a problem because I was like my job is great and like you know I do less hours than I would be doing if I was living in Ireland kind of so yeah um yeah they definitely would lift you up yeah and what sort of things would you do a day day to day for yourself taking time for yourself and well, it's hard to say now because I've been in lockdown for like four months. So I've actually been, I, I'm not living in Hanoi, the city anymore. Yeah, that hasn't been I'm great. Living up in the north of Vietnam. Um, and like, I suppose things that just keep me calm is recognizing when something is just not what I want to do. If I don't want to do something, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to sit this one out, you know. Um, also like to, I like to do yoga yoga is like something that I really enjoy and um but I miss it because I haven't mm. been going to like classes for a few months and I love like a yoga class I love going like the the social aspect of a yoga class yeah and not just the one you I do know at it home. sounds very cliche to yeah. meditate and stuff but yeah to to meditate and sit with your thoughts and your feelings and stuff like that that's important to me I need a lot of that like I need a lot of alone time uh definitely someone that needs a lot of time to themselves so yeah mm, yeah day to day I do that mm. it's one thing we're afraid of yeah no I said it's one thing people are afraid of time with their thoughts yeah exactly so when you sit with your thoughts uh instead of like meditating and like listening to music and trying to clear your mind um it's nice to just have these thoughts and kind of like, why do I think this way? Or why do, another thing is like, oh, I've, when people find, you know, other people annoying, it's like, why do you feel, find that a person annoying? Do you know, like, and when you really look into it, then you're just mm. like, oh, well then they're not really that annoying after all. Or I'm feeling <laughs> no, that way. It's your perception. I find that person annoying because I'm 
in a bad mood. You know, like there's just yeah. Obviously, there's annoying people in the world. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, and would you say uh, you're okay feeling unhappy now or anxious? Yeah, I can recognize it now. Like if you if you're feeling unhappy or anxious now, you wouldn't go in a big stress about it. Like you kind of I. I definitely think I feel panic sometimes like um for example like where I am now I'm working just like uh, a couple of days in a kindergarten teaching English and I they had a day off so then I had a longer break last week and I found myself driving on my motorbike crying going into like two and a half hours I was like filled with dread and I was like why am I so filled with dread like I'm only going into like really like babies why am I stressing myself so I definitely have my days still where I get a bit panicky and stuff but I definitely can handle it 10 times better and I can label it as well um yeah you don't dwell on them as long as much as you used to exactly and I would never ever get let it get to the point where where I got got to the last time you know Mm -hmm. i was never gonna let myself get so ill um yeah i would definitely talk to someone or like i have different outlooks now different ways to to kind of relieve the stress self-regulate yeah to self-regulate exactly because like i i was speaking with my boyfriend about it over the weekend uh we went away and like we talked about like my mental health and like like he recognized my brain as a bit different, you know, like he said, like I do get, you know, I do need more than other people. I need to feel calm, do you know, that type of way. Like he, he, he reckons I have like a bit of ADHD or something, do you know? So Yeah. And what's the, what's the hardest thing about having a mental illness for you? What was the hardest thing? I think even though the physical symptoms really like felt I felt like you know someone that had sensory issues I think the worst of it is actually trying to spend like all the decade that I tried to like figure out what was going on with me like all those years of hating myself and like all those years of you know getting in trouble with people and fighting you know like I just yeah just being unhappy was the hardest because I like Mm. I was very sick this year but I feel like I had a a great support group whereas I didn't feel like growing up I had the support I did now you know so even though the physical symptoms were really bad yeah (laughs) like this year it's hard to even talk about and remember them even because it felt like I was a different person for uh like over a month but I think the worst of it was all those years trying to um articulate what was wrong with me yeah yeah did you actually when you reached out the first time to people did did someone believe in you or was it more like Danny you're acting you're acting up again the first time ever the the first time ever was actually when I had moved to Roscommon and I was like I was throwing tantrums I was like go and I was like 12 years old and I was going crazy because I was in this new place and my mom just caught me she caught me one morning before school um making myself sick so like immediately I was just sent to a counselor you know she brought me to the doctor and the doctor referred me to a counselor and that was just the beginning of yeah a range of different things so yeah 
yeah, so it, it wasn't it wasn't something that you said. It was something that you did that grabbed her attention. No, like I kind of said it a few times. It was something I did, but I said it a few times growing up. But I feel like the most recent time when I said it, that's when I was heard. You know, like okay, that's when yeah, I was able. Well, to, before it just wasn't taken seriously. Suppose as a kid, you probably didn't really have to. As a kid, you probably didn't have the words. Mm, kind even of. in college, I didn't have the words. To be honest, I feel like I only had the words this year when I was twenty six years old to be able to yeah say it. Yeah, so it's a complicated thing, and I think anyone who's like younger that can tell you what's wrong with them, I'm like fair play. You know, I'd love to. You know, it's I fair play to them for being able to. Yeah. Suppose it sounds like you. You held a lot inside uh, growing up. Mm. So speaking out was never really something you were used to. Yeah, I was always just kind of like angry or like I never wanted to seem soft, you know, like I didn't want to. Yeah, I was afraid of seeming a little bit soft about it. But really like, yeah, I'm quite a sensitive person. So it was like admitting to myself and to everyone. Yes, I'm very sensitive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what does well-being mean to you now? Taking care of yourself and uh, knowing yourself um, because everyone's different. Everyone has different releases. Um, so I think well-being is knowing yourself and taking action to take care of yourself as well. Yeah. And um, what's one thing you're proud of? Um, I'm proud of where I am today. I'm just proud of who I am. I'm I'm proud of uh, getting through this year and because I really think it was like a a turning point in my life uh, like the great awakening Mm. (laughs) Um, yeah yeah. the light came on yeah the light really (laughs) switched on and yeah I'm very proud of this year to be honest um, how far I've come and then what's your why like why is it important for you to carry on the journey you're on now uh, because I never want to feel the way I felt yeah ever like I'm gonna have down days but I'd rather have down days than actually fall into like the depths of depression again you know like I don't want to be ever in the darkness again or dissociating or feeling that derealization you know like I really didn't feel like a real person after my panic attack mm. like I was in a dream state for a month and I don't want to ever feel like that again yeah um yeah super <laughs> that's yeah, that, that's great that's great um, what a thank you very much it's funny to revisit it yeah no it's, it's only yeah uh, it's probably what, what time is it now over there night time <laughs> If you enjoyed today's episode, I would really appreciate it if you could leave a quick review on my Facebook page, Don't Be Afraid to Talk, or DM me on Instagram. The show notes will include all of the relevant links from today's episode. If you haven't already, please download, leave a rating, and share with your friends. You might just reach that person who needs to hear this message. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. I am James Lumumba, signing off with gratitude.